modern web applications are a mesh of uh, many Lego blocks. You can use different cloud vendors. It's highly scalable. Uh, not everything is served from one place. So forcing everything to go through a single gateway, even if it's a cloud gateway, is, is adding friction. Welcome to 20 Minute Leaders. Just sit back, relax, and learn from the leaders of today. It's a journey. Each one is different, unique, inspiring. Let's get started. This episode is powered by JVentures, a community-driven VC fund in Silicon Valley in partnership with Loomi Tech and sponsored by Hippo Insurance, Turing, Upwest Labs, and Hillel at Stanford. My next guest only started programming in his 20s, yet today he is the CTO of an extremely fast-growing cybersecurity company. He also ran his first half marathon completely underprepared. Previously, he only ran about half of that distance. Meet Ido Safruti, co-founder and CTO of Perimeter X. Ido is the co-founder and CTO at Perimeter X, a behavior-based web security service. At Perimeter X, Ido owns the product vision and delivery with product and R&D reporting to him. Prior to founding it, Ido was senior director of product management at Akamai, joining Akamai through the acquisition of Contendo, where he was VP of product and strategy. He started his cybersecurity career in the Israeli intelligence after graduating from the Talpiot program. Ido Safruti. Welcome to 20 Minute Leaders. How are you all the way from beautiful and sunny Miami? I'm very well. Happy to be here. Thanks for having me. I, I'm, I'm very happy to have you here. Uh, this is the second time that I'm recording a show with you. The pre- for, previous time was for a, a one minute episode of TLDR where I tried to summarize very cool startups within one minute. I remember that Perimeter X was, was an especially challenging one because there was so much to talk about that it, it just mm-hmm. felt like one minute wasn't enough. Uh, but luckily now we have 20 minutes. Uh, so I, I, I made a big leap there, but now 20 minutes, we have, uh, we have more than enough time, hopefully to, to at least scratch the surface. Before we get to yeah. Perimeter X though, I'd love to hear a little bit about you. And uh, I have to start with the story of, of running the half marathon. Uh, and I have a personal resonation with that. So, so go ahead and share with, share with me yeah. exactly what happened there. Sure. Uh, so this was actually a uh, few months into a little over 11 years ago, a few months after I moved to the U.S. I've been running for a few years already, but I always like short distances, 6K to the longest I did was 12K. Uh, but I felt like I can felt really cool and that if I can do 12K, why not just continue? Uh, so uh, company... Uh, a friend from work, uh, she's a runner for a long time, said, oh, there is a half marathon here in San Jose. Join me. I obviously registered. Didn't think I need to do any any preparations. Showed up, ran the first 12K very good, and she was a fast runner. I was trying to stick to her, and then around the fifth, started slowing down, and the 15K, I hit a wall, walked for a few minutes, uh, took some breath and, and continue and ended up finishing it uh, in actually a better time than I, I expected because wow. the first half was so fast and unpredicted. Uh, but it was really brutal. And then I got excited and started booking additional half marathons, but obviously deciding to not be uh, so so uh, uneducated and, and downloaded some plans and, and training uh programs from from the internet and started running and building a routine and obviously the the following ones were much easier 
where you can recover within a few hours and not and not take two days off to to rest. Uh, and, and I learned a lot from it. I mean, sometimes you see a target that seems like a little more than what you're used to, and you say, "Okay, I'll just wing it. I'll go there, hold in for a little longer." Uh, versus doing what is totally available uh, is reading, looking what other people have learned, what have other people have done, uh, what do you need to prepare for, what what should you be aware of when doing that, uh, and uh, and and make sure that you're there for the best best possible way, as well as just practice. If you if you did something before the actual event, then the actual event will be much easier. Uh, right. So yeah. I actually have a you know a, a very very uh, similar experience also with with a mm-hmm. with a race uh, here in a yeah. lot actually uh, a few years ago and I'm actually still recovering so you know two days I wish it was two <laughs> days it's actually been about three years uh, and I'm I'm I still have to see a physiotherapist from time to time so I can very much resonate oh. with both the you know the obstinance to to get the mission done but also learning to do it responsibly and to uh, and yeah. and to be patient about it and responsible about it so so we, i think we we already have more to talk about right after this uh, but but you know moving on to more of the the technical side of of your story uh, going through the extremely you know amazing talpiot program in israel mm-hmm. uh, one of the things that i was astonished when, when i in our you know interactions you mentioned that you only started coding at in your 20s that's really irregular yeah. uh, especially for somebody in in your position as CTO of, of perimeter mm-hmm. X but also holding you know VP positions in in a variety of previous companies right right so I've had a odd childhood maybe uh, I mean I always was curious about many things uh, and in school, uh, I liked art, I liked music, I liked history, literature, uh, sciences, uh, and programming uh, always seems the practical thing to do. I liked, I, I, I loved math and physics, and when, when going to Talpia, I was sure this is what I'm going to do, uh, and this is where I focused my attention. Uh, and when, when I ed- reached the end of the three years training, I realized actually none of the places that I, I would want to, that are a possibility for pure math or pure um, physics uh, are not that interesting for me. Uh, and I realize that I, I don't feel passionate. I feel passionate about theory, less about the practical aspects of it. Mm-hmm. And the opportunities to build things and to do things in, in networking, communication, and programming I started feeling very appealing. So it's more of the engineering and the more practical thing side that drew me. And and then at the last six months of the program where I I already had all the plans set and then I realized, okay, actually I want to do something different uh, and started learning uh, and and catching up on on computer sciences. And then my, my first job obviously was programming. So I, with no experience, I was thrown into the water here, build a new cyber group uh, uh, that will identify and, and learn things while, while I honestly barely know programming, how to program. Uh, I do know how to learn. Uh, read a bunch of books, started doing things, and, and been doing it since. 
I love it. So, so you were VP product and strategy of Contendo, uh, then uh, acquired, mm -hmm. uh, then yeah. senior director of product management at Akamai, and now Perimeter yeah. X. So give me, you know, mm -hmm. a, a little bit holistic view of, you know, your your entrance into yeah. the, the cybersecurity field with Perimeter X. We're, we're talking about, you know, user behavior. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about what you guys are doing. Sure, sure. So... I started again. My as as I just said, like the the early part of my career the, in the Israel intelligence was mostly around cyber and computer sciences, uh, but more on cyber security uh, and, and all that. And when I left the army, I said, okay, I'm I'm done with cyber. I want to do other things. And I was doing uh, internet infrastructure, uh, so large websites, uh, highly scalable sites. This is so running Metagafe, then then. Catendo building a, a large, a highly scalable modern CDN, got acquired with Akamai, expanded it, building infrastructure. And then before starting PerimerX, so me and the co-founders, we, we realized that we're seeing a gap in the industry on securing modern web architecture, modern web applications. Usually web security was done until, until us, or the view that was common is more taking the enterprise approach for security, have a gateway and pass everything through that, uh, and just force it onto the cloud. And it doesn't work because it's not fully scalable. Uh, modern web applications are a mesh of uh, many Lego blocks. You can use different cloud vendors. It's highly scalable. Uh, not everything is served from one place. So forcing everything to go through a single gateway, even if it's a cloud gateway, is, is adding friction. Right, uh, and it came to a point where we say, okay, we know very well the scale, the how to build a scalable uh, web service, and what do you need? What's the infrastructure to look like? We have the foundations and the background of understanding deep security. Now, how if we would design a security service for web scale from the grounds up? How would we build it? And the first thing that we said, we definitely don't want to build a CDN. We definitely don't want to build a proxy service because there are enough doing it and it won't cover everything. So we came with an architecture of let's integrate to all these components that are out there that people are building on and make this infrastructure smarter. Let's integrate by collecting information from them so that we can get the signals and analyze them in our cloud uh, mm -hmm. and also get the network effect. We can be infinitely scalable because we're running it. And then instrument back into that integration layer uh, the mitigation or the actions that we want to do based on the analysis that the data that we analyze. So at the core of it, we're we're an infrastructure play that integrates into modern cloud infrastructure, collecting information and then enforcing decisions or helping our customers make smarter decisions. But this is a platform. Nobody buys uh, a concept like this. Right. Uh, this is where we had this concept. We started talking to customers or potential customers. And said, "Hey, what a? What do you think about this, this this concept versus the existing ones? B, what kind of problems are you seeing, and what kind of problems would you want to solve if you would have such an architecture?" Uh, and we got very strong uh, uh, feedback and recognition on on this is a good idea. And six years ago, when we started the company, the the main problem customers wanted is uh, bot mitigation. Uh, mm -hmm. How can they? identify bots there were a few solutions out there they were mostly proxy based or like box based uh, and they were not doing a good enough job 
so we we took that as a challenge. That was the first product we built on this platform. Okay, and so you're raising the team. Uh, you have offices in Miami. You have offices, I know, in, mm-hmm. in the Bay Area as well. And so what has been, you know, yeah. as you're as you're, you know, growing the company, if you're looking back over the past few mm-hmm. years and the different challenges and the different, you know, experiences, what what have been some of the most mm-hmm. both exciting and the challenging aspects of it? It's a roller coaster from day one. I mean, uh, a day may be the best day of your life and the worst day of life in the same day based on investors, employees, customers, opportunities. Anything that is happening is is just so extreme when it's yours and when, when you're growing and uh, especially at such a rate. So on day one, it would be we, the, the entire team, we're based in, in Silicon Valley, uh, in the Bay Area. Uh, but we decided that all, all three founders being Israelis, we our, our deep connections of where to hire good engineering and research would be in Israel. Mm-hmm. So from day one, we, we, we decided on a very... Uh, demanding infrastructure uh, architecture or, or or structure for the company where we are all three of us are are in California, but the first hires are in Tel Aviv, uh, which meant that I spent half of my time in Tel Aviv that year. Wow! Uh, building the team, hiring the first employees, uh, and it's obviously much harder to hire employees when they come to a vision but don't see a team i mean right everyone is is remote so how do you get the first employees how do you get the right culture there without being there so that was a very big challenge and and this is before COVID, before before it yeah. was mainstream yeah. for everybody yeah. to be remote so, exactly exactly it's, it wasn't easy to to work remote uh i had to spend a lot of my i spent i don't remember i did a calculation maybe 30 days in aggregate on planes on that year uh so so not not a fun year wow uh but also an extremely fun year and building getting the first beta customers getting the first orders getting uh funding getting the team so so very exciting uh to build that and we were extremely fortunate that the first employee we hired actually was just recently promoted to be vp of uh engineering wow uh and we hired him as a as an engineer uh, and we had amazing luck finding him uh, and build a team. And he has a major part also of the success and of building and getting the culture and driving things. That, that, that's really incredible. Do you think it was by accident that he, that the first employee became VP? Or it, were you looking already in the beginning for the best engineer you could find? Or were you looking, because I'm imagine I'm putting myself in the situation where, you know, hiring the, the first engineers and you just want to get things moving yeah. and you want to hire people that are, that could get the job done and yeah. you're eager to build this out. How do how was, yeah. what was the thinking process behind that? Honestly, I mean, I think there is a lot of luck and obviously there are all the subconscious things of, knowing what type of person are you looking for and for me the definitely in the first employee but still whenever i'm hiring uh to a startup and to a company even at our size today i'm not looking for a for the best engineer that that will get the perfect algorithm out there because mm-hmm. i'm not hiring a, an assistant professor for something i'm looking for someone who has a big system view uh, who cares about the problems and has the urgency and to get things done. Uh, and is that measurable? when you look for that, 
personality, it is, uh, it's hard. Uh, there is a lot of sense, and sometimes you get things wrong. Uh, some people can can communicate great through the interview process and not deliver. Uh, there are some people who are just great interviewers, uh, but but you can sense that. I mean, you can sense on the urgency, on the passion. How are they handling? How are they doing things? What did they do in the past? Um, even asking simple questions, like when you ask. Uh, an engineer questions about the system that he built, ask about what was to the left and to the right and what was before. And you'll be surprised how many people know to describe in detail the things that they build, but they don't really care about the reasoning. They don't understand where it fits in the big picture. And, and this is something that, that you can easily clear out. And sometimes you may hire someone who has two years of experience in, in programming, but because that person is so smart and curious, he will know everything about the company and and the behind the scenes and all that and and that's when you find someone like that you should grab them and and make sure you're not stopping them right and so throughout your career it's, it looks like you've you've been you know on this intersection of product and technology for pretty much uh, most of your career yeah. right it, it also starting to code right. at, at 20 when you when you're talking about your curiosity earlier on it sounds like that's sort mm -hmm. of almost like the product side of you and and then you're you're intersecting with the technology yeah. so so who are you are you are you product are you engineer how, how who's the dog i'm a founder <laughs> yeah so i, I think i'm it. a founder is a better definition because you need a bit of both so i'm a Technical te technology or technical founder. I mean, I like to solve problems. I like to build things. I like to to understand how things are working and what moves people. Uh, so it's you need a bit of both. Uh, I won't be probably the best person to. Uh, and when I when I was and and that 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 was the switch that happened to me at the age of twenty, when I figured that I don't want to be the the entire childhood with education and it's very common that your teachers are always uh and the, the education system is trying to make you idolize people like einstein or people like uh galileo or like uh people who are uh doing everything and knowing things very deep but are very theoretical and i i was sure i am going to to be that and i realized that what actually keeps me excited is is solving things and building things uh and understanding what motivates and what what makes the difference yeah uh, and it doesn't need to be the the prettiest design and it doesn't need to be just need to be good enough to work and to get you to the next step right uh, no, that, so that it's, makes, that it's a bit of sense. product it's a bit of an architect it's a bit of everything yeah i love it okay Ido, are you ready for some fun questions sure all right, so we'll start off easy and, uh, you know, whatever comes to mind. So, number one, favorite subject in school, K to 12? I think uh, there were a few. Uh, uh, music, probably my favorite. Uh, wow. My, on my high school, I, I actually uh, majored, it, I, I went to the Israeli uh, Arts and Science Academy in Jerusalem. Uh, wow. uh, going in thinking I'll do science, but I fell in love with music there, and and actually I majored music uh, there as well. What instruments did you play, if any? I was playing the trumpet. Uh, okay. Which is not the friendliest instrument to play when you're 
living in an apartment. <laughs> but yeah, I love it. Okay, amazing. Uh, one of your role models throughout your life, uh, real or fake? Yeah, that's a hard one. Um, that's a hard one. Um, there are a few cliches um, on kind of famous founders, and there are role models to some extent. Um, I'll skip for now. And three quest three words you would use to describe yourself. Yeah, so I mentioned it earlier, curious, definitely, uh, maker or builder, and it's not one word, but uh, I learned in the last year that I really like to be home. Really? So, and, and what is home? Yeah. Is that, is that the, you know, the family? Is that literally the, the physical home? What do, you, what do you constitute as the, in, the home? Yeah, in my physical home, in being in my physical home uh, and doing things from there. I mean, it's just, you can appreciate your time better. You you can get from one station to another very efficiently. You don't need to right. go through commuting. Uh, you can do things. I, I, I've been cooking a lot. I've been just doing things at home a lot that are really... Uh, there is this time when when you work from uh, an office there is the drive to and drive back that sort of helps you reset the day and transition from work to to home and that was my biggest concern with covid hit when covid hit is how do i sort of separate the private life and and uh, the personal life and and one thing that i didn't mention is also i mean one of the three co-founders is my husband that we live with together so the early days of the company and definitely covid so it was home and work all mixed together well, uh, that's literally mixed easy. together a hundred percent mixture yeah. yeah exactly wow so uh so figuring out how to build the the the, the right balance of environment at home where i can work out i can cook i can i i find the hooks in the day that sort of helps you shift from one station to the other uh, really helped me appreciate home and, and living at home and enjoying that simple things. I, I think that, you know, we have to do a, a whole other episode about, you know, the, the intensity <laughs> and exhilaration of, of creating a company with a partner, because I can't even imagine, you know, what, what, what yeah. that's like, especially during COVID. Uh, uh, but, but you know, mm -hmm. uh, for now, 20 minutes is, uh, is not nearly enough, but, but really yeah. thank you for, <laughs> thank you for coming and for sharing with me, you know, part of your story. I really appreciate it. Uh, and for now, uh, you know, stay safe and stay healthy until next time. Thank you. You too. Thank you.